Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team welcome welcome to the brett boone podcast explore the mind of mlb all-star silver slugger and gold glove winner brett boone as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports now up to bat brett boone welcome to the boone podcast i'm brett boone and today on the program i'm joined by a former teammate he's a 19 year big league veteran Mac played with my pops in Anaheim before we got together in Seattle. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, he currently does the pre and post game uh, analysis for the Texas Rangers. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark McLemore. Mac, thanks for coming on the Boone oh. Podcast. Did you ever believe that you'd be coming on the Boone Podcast one day? Never. First of all, back in the day, what was a podcast? Uh, and number two, you doing something like this. <laughs> it's crazy. <isn't> it? <laughs> Who's a better teammate, me or my dad? <laughs> You're going to put me on the spot right it's, off it's, the bat. Well, I, f- <laughs> I figure you'll, you know, you'll spin it into something positive for everybody. <laughs> I learned a lot from Pops, and it was different with you, but don't tell him you were. Pops yes. Was that, Pops was that veteran guy, you know? So me coming up as a young kid. All I did was listen. That was it. <laughs> you know, I was, I'm going through this before I'm going to have Mac on the program. I'm thinking it is pretty unique because I played against a lot of guys uh, that played with dad. You know, when I was first, when I first got to the big leagues, but I never, me and you were the only teammates that you were teammates with him as well. The rest right. of them were never teammates with my dad. They just, <laughs> they knew him and they played, played against him. Um, how about, how about this? You played with both of us. Once again, you're in a unique position and the only one that can truly answer this. How would 1986 Bob Boone and 2001 Brett Boone, how would we get along as teammates? <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good question. Yes. Pretty good question. I will say this. I think you guys would have been fine. I really do because Pops had, had a, a, a passion for the game. Uh, the intensity was there. And, yeah, he could be he could be that rah-rah guy in the dugout at times, and you're the same way. And I think the, the, the common denominator there is really – the passion for the game, going out there, playing it hard. The results might not always end up the way that you want them, but you guys have that same passion to go out there and leave it all out there. Whatever happens, happens. 
I was thinking about it. I'm like, what was my dad like as a teammate? Because I, I was around as a kid, you know, running around in Philly. As I got a little bit older in, in the Anaheim years, you know, I was in high school. I was off playing baseball, doing my own thing. So I, I wasn't around as much. But I'm trying to think of dad. Dad, I, I always had <clears throat> a high level of respect for him, how he carried himself, how he went about mm-hmm. his business. And, and that's the one thing that I learned from him professionally you know, because when I came up, I was always, well, <clears throat> you know, it must have been an advantage being the son of, I said, well, I, I don't, I don't see any negatives to it. But at the same time, dad didn't teach me how to hit. Dad didn't teach me how to uh, field. He didn't teach me how to play, he, but he, he was an example of, of how to be a pro. And, and that's what I got from him. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think about him and I'm thinking he was probably like a Dan Wilson kind of. Who I got, who I got along with tremendously, Dan, you know, we were the opposites personality wise, but I'd still come to the ballpark every day and Dan would look at me and say, Booney, how do you do it? I'd say, I don't know, Dano, how do you do it? And then we'd go back and forth, but we had a great relationship. It's kind of, and we're going to get into that 01 team. It's kind of that, that, that team was special, special group of guys still to this day. You know, it's, it's something I, I never have. We, we, we. And you, more than me, 19 years in the big leagues, you played with a lot of different teams, a lot of different teammates. But uh, I think we'll probably both agree that that uh, 2001, uh, pretty pretty special group of guys. Oh, there's no question, man. You know, I talk about it all the time. Whenever somebody brings it up, a smile just comes to my face because that's all there is. I think the only negative, obviously, was we didn't win the whole thing. But just going through that season, how things went, how they turned out, looking at the individual performances of different guys, and then the collective uh, effort that we put out there. Uh, it, it's just unbelievable. And people ask me all the time, well, you know, was it? what did it feel like? How was it? And for me, there were so many different feelings. The, but the one that, we, that I tell everybody that we all felt was we knew we were going to win every day. And not necessarily in a cocky way, but just having that belief that we were going to win no matter what. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it was, it, 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 I, I talk about it all the time. It wasn't f- from an arrogant place. Right. It was just kind of a, okay, guys, we don't know why. There was no rhyme or reason. Yeah, right. we were a good team. We were a really good team. But there's no rhyme or reason that we won that many games. I don't know if any team in the history of baseball's 116 <laughs> win good. It, isn't it funny when every year it starts off and, yeah. <laughs> and you do your work with the Texas Rangers, but you see this team, whatever, in April or May, and, and I'm sure you get the question. Like I do. Hey, do you, yeah, do you think they're going to break your record? <laughs> Good luck. Good I, I, luck. Come talk to me in September. Exactly. It was, it, was, it was the Dodgers a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Yankees a couple years ago got off to an unbelievable start, and they're like, 116? I said, 116? What are you talking about? That'll never happen. again in our lifetime but like you i i do the same thing it it was such a special season but there's a negative connotation to it now when people speak of it and that kind of that kind of sucks for us but it is what it is you know because the x when you set those expectations so high this is the way life is it's like you better win you're gonna win 116 that's great but you haven't done anything till you win the world series which is true in a lot of in a lot of uh you know, when I think about it, but man, yeah, it's, 
it's tough. We still got that. You know, I can't believe we yeah. didn't finish the deal. And and I still remember that bus in New York uh, when we lost that series to the Yankees and just kind of looking around at my teammates and think it, it was almost like we were stunned. Like that didn't yeah. just really happen. It's that's not how the script goes. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly it. I, and even to this day, I'm like, you know, I go back, I look, I think about it. And I'm like, how did we not? We played the Yankees well all year long. I believe we won the season series. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, we weren't um, as good during the postseason as we were all season long. And that just didn't happen all year. So it, it's still it's still stunning to me. But that's, you know, part of the other time throughout my career. Like people say, well, you won 116 games. Isn't that great? Yeah, it's great. But we all – None of us signed up to be on a team to you know, have won the you know most games. Everybody's goal is to win the World Series. So in right. my mind, it's always been anything short of that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean it was a successful season. The goal is to win the World Series, and if you don't do that, then you, you didn't succeed. So it's kind of bittersweet for me. All right, I need to apologize. This uh, I've been doing. I've done a lot of podcasts. The, the name Mark Macklemore has come up on on a lot of occasions, but it is the Boone. <laughs> it is the Boone podcast. Okay, and you knew I was going to bring this up. I did. For those out there uh, watching, listening to the Boone podcast right now, Mark Macklemore <clears throat> is the is the man responsible for coining the phrase the Boone. So, and I went by that for a lot of years during my playing days, and it was funny. I mean, once he started doing that, it kind of it kind of had a life of its own. People in the city, I'd go to lunch, and people, the Boone's here. All my friends, uh, you know, I'd go to a golf tournament. The Boone's here. It all stemmed from Mark McLemore, and I tell the story, and maybe I don't do it justice. But I want Mac. Uh, he truly is the guy that named me the Boone. He played with my dad, and and uh, I'm going to let him tell it. But he says your dad was Booney, and that's why I came up with this. Mac, take it from there. <laughs> well, after you know playing with your dad, the years that I did first coming up, being in you know big league camp and watching him do his thing, I mean everybody called him Booney, 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 and you know I knew about you and Aaron, uh, but hey, it's. Boone in the big leagues at that time. Who knew everybody, you know, that you guys were going to come along, be in the big leagues and be the players that you were going to be. But so for me, Bob Boone, Big Boone, that's, well, actually your grandfather was Big Boone. So I got to see right. him on a few occasions. He was Big Boone and then there was Booney. And it's like, okay, well, you can't be Big Boone. You can't be Boone or Booney. That's the Boone right there. So that's pretty much how that how that came up. I, I have no idea. I just thought about it pretty much right there on the spot because I just kept hearing Booney, Booney. That's not right. That's that's not, you know, that's not the original. We got to go with the original one that I know. He's got that name. I had to give you something else. And, and it really was. I remember the time I was doing an interview and Mac just kind of <laughs> I had a bunch of press around <laughs> after a game. And, I, and I'm just I'm doing these interviews and Mac just like it's like you came out of nowhere. You poked your head up and, and you said something to one of the one of the guys asked me a question. He goes, by the way, don't call him Booney. That ain't Booney. His dad's Booney. He said, that is the Boon. And then he popped his head out and went about his business, went to the weight room or the trading trading room or wherever you were going. But 
it was amazing because people, it caught on in Seattle and everywhere I went, it was like the boon. Hey, the boon, my teammates, my teammates started calling me that. You know, the I get to, we, the we can start here. now. We can, play. We can start now. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. And, and to be honest with you, I had a good time with it. You know, I was at a point in my career where, you know, I'd been through a lot. I've been through some great seasons, some tough seasons, but, but, uh, I, you know, I had an appreciation for what we were going through that year. My year, uh, personally, team, team year also was like we had a lot of fun on that team, you know. Uh, but I, I didn't, I didn't take for granted that this was something that that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But we had fun with it. So Mac, when I'd come to the ballpark, he's, "What's the boon got for me today?" Well, the boons. <laughs> well, I was watching this video, Mac, and and if I see what I'm seeing, he's gonna need it. He, he's gonna need an L screen because he's in trouble today. <laughs> all the boon says he's in trouble. You know, so we had fun with it. And and once again, it, it was that theme that we talked at the top. It wasn't from an arrogant place. It was from a mm-hmm. fun place. And yeah. that's what that team was about. Everybody, there were so many different little clicks going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, Poppy over in the corner, Dan Wilson, Big Rude coming in with his backpack. David Bell being the weird friend that he is, <laughs> <laughs> turning his light off at the end of the night and saying, See you tomorrow, Boone. <laughs> and and it was Akazahiro Sasaka was my Sasaki was my was my uh locker mate after he'd come in at a long save and he'd be sweating. He'd be like, Kaz, what's wrong with you? You been in the sauna? No, I, I just I just sweat. I just sweat. So a lot of that that that, that was so that was so cool. Yeah, yeah, um, it, it really it really was. And I think that's what I miss the most, the camaraderie, the competition, but the things that most fans don't get to see, that's the bus rides, the plane rides, being in the clubhouse, off days, going to play golf, renting out a, a restaurant for everybody to come have dinner, which, by the way, every time that happened, everybody showed up, which was something. Yeah, that that's seen. a rarity. Yes, didn't see that. So anytime there was a family, uh, a, a, a family dinner or whatever, Every teammate was there. And for me, that was just like amazing. But every single time. And I think that's one of the things that really helped us all get uh, just that much closer. And even to this day, I think that that helped everybody uh, form that special bond that we all have. It is true. Uh, I played on uh, we both played on a bunch of different teams. And I have I've, to be honest with you, most of the guys that you play with they're good guys. Now I've been on teams where you get along with everybody, but after the game, you, you pick your friends and you go to dinner who you want to go to dinner with. I mean, that's just the way it is. And, uh, you're right. That's the one team where we got along so good. I wouldn't have minded to go to dinner one-on-one with anybody on that roster. That's, and that's saying something, you know, that, uh, for, for, for 25 guys, to get along like that, pretty remarkable. Very rare. You, you just don't see it. And like you said, we all could go one-on-one. And even though we would, you know, we're stretching and we've got our different clicks or whatever, those clicks switched up all the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was just one group or just the relievers here and the starters over there and infielders and outfielders. You had your, your you know, your guys that, you know, okay, most of the, that click would always be, but then there were times where it would just switch. It didn't matter. You'd walk up, oh, just sit out here and whatever. 
and just have a blast, man. And especially after games, mm-hmm. sitting around talking baseball, figuring out what's going on, sitting in your locker like, I don't know how that guy got me out. I don't know what he had. There's no reason for him to get me out. I'm embarrassed. I'm, you know, just having yeah. that kind of fun. I was embarrassed today. What? What? what somebody's going to pay tomorrow. But just having that kind of attitude and, and the camaraderie, it was just, man, that, that team will always hold a special place for me. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I want to do, keeping with the theme of that team, uh, I want to do a little rapid fire with you. Whatever comes to your mind, could be a sentence, could be a paragraph. Let's just start off and let's go with uh, Edgar Martinez. Obviously, you know, one of my favorites. An absolute professional, just a professional hitter. And I, and I joke with him all the time, and especially then. Um, man, you've messed up so many hitters in your career. You have no idea how many hitters you just absolutely sent home because he made look, you know, what he did look easy. So that meant guys were going to try to hit like Edgar because, hey, he can do it, and I'm going to try it. There's no way. There's nobody that could hit the way that Edgar could hit. He he went to to work every single day, went about his business, and doing probably one of the toughest um, jobs in baseball, and that's being DH. So being able to keep yourself mentally engaged when you're not going out there on the field every inning. And then for him to do it for so long, so successfully, but watching the things that he went through each and every day on how he prepared himself uh, before a game, during the game, making adjustments, and after the game, uh, just an incredible professional. Big Rude, John Olerud. Wow. Quiet intensity right there. Definite quiet intensity. Uh, Watching Rude. Same expression all the time. Doesn't, doesn't matter if he's 0 for 10, which I don't know he was ever 0 for 10. But if he win a game or two without a knock, or if he had eight hits in two games, same guy. Day in, day out. But, man, was he intense. So, quite intensity for him. Ichiro. Wow. New for all of us, right? I remember yes. I was I was in the, uh, the preseason, you know, Mariners do the commercials and before I'd even talk to him, I've got a Jersey on my back that says Brett because Ichiro, it it was the play on words that Ichiro was going to go by Ichiro, not Suzuki Mm -hmm. on his back. So we did that, that (laughs) funny commercial, but uh, early Ichiro funny. I tell people all the time, uh, he knows more than you think. And he's got that dry sense of humor. He's very charming. All right. Your take on Ichiro. Uh, I'd have to go the same thing. I think, you know, people ask me if there's one thing that I would have to say about him. Everybody knows what a great player he was. So that's that's a given. But I like sharing, you know, what a guy's like when he's not on TV playing the game. Like you said, funny. People have no idea the kind of sense of humor that Ichiro has. So after I retired, I think I probably saw him maybe two years later. I was – Covering the game I was actually covering the game in Seattle. First time he saw me, 
Frank Thomas. Hey, Frank Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, I know I'm fat now, but I'm not Frank Thomas. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I got to give it to him. So to this day, when he sees me, Frank Thomas. <laughs> so That's pretty good. Have no idea how funny this guy is. <laughs> uh, another, another one of our favorites, uh, Mike Cameron. Oh my God! <laughs> Cammy was my partner in crime, Matt, keeping that clubhouse loose. Bro, I am trying to tell you, uh, couldn't wait to go on the road for him to grab that mic on the bus, the plane, wherever. Um, man, I've got a few for him. Superman number one. Uh, this guy loves to play the game. I don't know if there is one word or phrase that. Uh, uh, well. I, Great teammate. Yeah. No matter what, he wants you to succeed. Uh, he wants the team to succeed. Uh, he wants to contribute. If he doesn't, he's pissed about it, which is great. But just a very gregarious guy. He's always wanting to have fun. Very rarely did you see him with his head down. Always got a great, a, a kind word to say to somebody. Last, I, I think you probably have a feeling who it's going to be. Our skipper, Lou Pinella. <sighs> Oh, man, one of the one of the greatest people I've ever met. I love his intensity, the years playing against him. Well, first of all, watching him, you know, growing up as a kid with the Yankees and do his thing. Uh, I just loved his all out play, played hard, run you over, dust you off, take you to dinner, come back, kick your butt again the next day. That kind of guy. But and, and as manager watching him from the other side, man, I loved how he stood for his players. It didn't matter. And then if they messed up, uh, which uh, at the time a lot of them did, especially the pitching staffs, he'd go off on them. But he just wanted you to come out there, number one, be on time, play hard, and that's it. Go play. You don't need any instructions. You know how to play the game? Go do it. I tell people this all the time. As old as I am right now, if Lou called and said, Mac, I need you to suit up, I'm there. I'm gone. I'm ready to go. Yeah. As, as old as it, old and broken down as this body is, I'd go play for him until I couldn't until I couldn't move again. And Lou, Lou was such a big part uh, of our, you know, and and pretty much for the next couple years. Oh, two, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we won ninety some games and didn't get to the playoffs. Oh, uh, three, we had another good year as a team and didn't get to play. But Lou always kind of he he. The thing I appreciated about Lou is that roster, the way it was set. He let everybody know where they stood, and it's like, mm -hmm. all right, we're going to do here, 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 and here. Uh, I think of I think of that team and and uh, the great years. A lot of guys had career years. That was a reason that we were as good as we were. Uh, but I think about the Dan Wilsons, uh, who who was the rock of that pitching staff, who, mm -hmm. who kept those guys intact. I always think of a Mark McElmore who played like seven positions. Uh, I think of a Stan Javier who was yeah. so important yes. to that clubhouse and the role he played. Uh, you know, I remember that that was a year where I, who would I go to? I'd go to Mark McElmore. I go to Stan Javier. If I want to get a, a tell a sign, Hey, is this guy tipping his pitches or, or Mac would come to me and go, Booney, you want to know the pitches? All right. This is what they are. <laughs> I'd be like, Mac, I'd be like, Mac, you're sure. And there were seriously though, there are only certain guys because I wasn't good at that. That wasn't my thing, pitching, picking up tendencies, pitches. Uh, but if Mark McAmore or Stan Javier give me that, I, I know that's golden. I know I can trust that. Um, 
because I'd be at second base. And yeah, for all you guys listening, yes, I, I did give a sign or two out there. That's part of the game. That's what we did. I did but, it all the time. Yeah. Oh, and you were, I, I still talk about it to this day. There's teammates uh, that I played with through the years and there's always one or two or three, whatever team I was on that they have a knack. And if, mm-hmm. if, if Mac would come to me and say, Booney, if I get on second, I got the signs. I would always trust you. Now, if I got on second, Man, I, that's when I used to sweat because I know what the sign is, but it's like, man, I know what it's like being in that ribby position. I don't want to give the wrong sign because I'm not good at this. This isn't, this isn't my, uh, this isn't my sweet spot. But uh, I don't know. That that, that was such a special team. I, I absolutely loved it. And, you know, your dad actually helped me with that, getting to the big leagues. Because in the minor leagues, it, you know, the signs, they're not that, you know, not that intricate, not that difficult. Uh, even in the big leagues. But actually getting to the big leagues, first of all, having different types of things that I'd never had in the minor leagues, you know, uh, first sign after the last out, that, that, that kind of thing we didn't do at the minor league level. So getting there, getting to big league camp and checking out your dad and how he did things, how he hid signs. So only the middle infielders can get it, not the guys at first or third. Uh, just how to go with different sequences, what to expect, when to expect it. So I learned a lot from him. Then I got the opportunity to play with Cal Ripken and learned a ton more about not just second base or shortstop, but everything, the entire field, what everybody was, where they were supposed to be, when they expected, when they're supposed to be there, all of those things. So really becoming a student of the game and figuring out how to steal signs. Oh my God, that was just... I did it all the time. I couldn't help myself going and, going and watching my boys play. I'm stealing signs. Yeah. My wife would just look well, at it, me. It, just it's me an underrated stop. thing. I mean, it's like a it's like a skill set. I mean, it's yes. like the the sixth tool, <laughs> the ability to steal signs. And there were guys when I was in Cincinnati, you know who was really good at it? Uh now on Sunday night baseball, Eduardo Perez. Yeah. He he was an extra, he was a pinch hitter, uh, played first base for that for those Reds teams. And I mean, that's what he did. Mac, I'd come to the ballpark and go, Booney, I've been watching video for two hours. This night, tonight, this guy, and he was right on. So everybody'd be there with Eduardo. He was so valuable, you know, mm-hmm. not what he did just on the field, but behind the scenes, what he did was so valuable. Yeah. It it, it really it, it helps. It was part of the game. You mm-hmm. know, you know, using cameras or whatever. Yes, occasionally, but if I'm on the field, I'm going to pick it whether I'm at first or third, not just second base. I'm going to figure out what that cat, what that pitcher and catcher's, uh, you know, combination is somehow, and hopefully, in two pitches. And that was the goal. You know, I, I learned it from so many different guys, and I think one of the things I, I know I had the benefit of was number one, coming up with a veteran team, but also throughout the minor league level, having uh, former big leaguers as my coaches and managers coming all the way through. So being able to, you know, know what I'm supposed to look for, especially being an infielder, hey, Cookie Rojas, uh, Bert Campanaris, Sandy Alomar Sr., how can you not, you know, how can you go wrong by being taught by those guys? So they gave me those different sequences to look for, and here's what's going to happen here, this is what's going to happen. And even pitchers. Uh, Don Sutton was one of those guys that, you know, got me into that rhythm, you know, thinking along with the pitcher and catcher, not just being out there and reacting, but anticipating and, you know, all those different things. So I, t- I tell people all the time, man, how blessed I was to come up with a group like that. Uh, and then also at the minor league level being taught by not just 
big leaguers that played a year or two in the big leagues. I mean, all those guys played 15 years at their position. So some really, really good ones. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.